Welcome to the James Exchange, Friday Forward, August 26, 2021. I am your host, Nancy Gill. In today's episode, I had a conversation with Aaron Root. Aaron is the director of the Scottsville Center for Arts and the Natural Environment, also known as SCAN. We talked about her background, which is quite prolific in the arts, plans that the SCAN board and community has for the land on Hardware Street, and also future programming, which will be held in Victory Hall Theater and also potentially on the property. I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Aaron. Monday's episode is a conversation with Donna Price. Donna is the Scottsville District Supervisor here in Albemarle County. We talked about broadband the issues our local residents have been having with the lack of service and what we may possibly be able to do to have broadband companies regulated. We also talked about a thing called the Dillon Rule. So for those of you really interested in how local government works and actually the limits that are put upon municipalities. You'll love the Dillon Rule. That's it for my intro. Enjoy the show with Aaron and again Monday with Donna. Have a great weekend. Aaron, welcome to the dining room table. Thank you, Nancy. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, for those of you who don't know Erin, she is the director of SCAN, Scottsville Center for Arts and the Natural Environment. She's also on the town's architectural review board, and she's a landscape architect and an architectural designer. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, um, college. I know you've done a lot of fun things. You have a very interesting family. So let's let people know about you. Yeah, so I grew up in Richmond. Um, I was born there and I stayed there till I was 18. And I went to the Corcoran School of Art in DC. I grew up in a family uh, that valued the visual and performing arts significantly. My mom taught uh, visual arts classes for over 40 years. And her father was an iron designer and builder in Italy and then was sponsored to come over to the States, which brought her here in when she was 13. My dad's mom was a painter and a fashion designer in her own right. She designed the first lingerie for women who had had mastectomies. And uh, my dad's brother, my uncle, uh, my grandmother's son, is a concert pianist. So I grew up in a family um, where... Uh, there was, as my dad calls it, stacked art all over the walls. So art on top of art on top of art. My dad is a dentist and he would trade art for dentistry. So he, and he valued that art as much as the artist valued the dentistry. I went to great schools, but was not necessarily academically strong at the time. And my parents knew that I also needed a, a visual arts outlet. My mom likes to tell the story that when um, I was four years old, I came downstairs and I said, Mommy, I need to paint. And she <laughs> said, it wasn't I want to paint. It was I need to paint. Uh, so they always understood that I needed the outlet. And when 
the schools um, lacked uh, that kind of uh, rigor in the visual arts. Uh, my parents sent me to what was the hand workshop and is now the Visual Arts Center in Richmond, and that's where I gain a lot of my inspiration uh, for SCAN and um, hope to create something like it in Scottsville. Yeah. So I'll tell a little story about Mary Hardy, who founded SCAN, and it grew out of actually the room we're sitting in. This is where we had the first organizational meetings for SCAN. But Mary had the family players here in the house, and it was great fun. Wednesday nights especially, which we, we don't have to get into. But the thing you and Mary, I think, really have in common is a desire to create. So when Mary was young, I don't know, probably a little older than four, she used to replicate drawings from books of Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo on her closet walls. Wow. Now, her closet wasn't like my closet. It was like an 8 by 10 uh, She lived in Glencoe, Maryland. Her father, grandfather, and... Great-grandmother all headmasters of Oldfield School. Her great-grandmother founded it. But Mary's mother decided that Mary was to be a visual artist. Well, she had no desire to be a visual artist. She just (laughs) wanted to play music. But she was denied the piano. So she would dash down to Oldfield School, to the library, with her Aunt Nan, and play the piano. Then her mother had this bright idea to enter Mary into a contest at the Art Institute of Maryland, which the winning recipient got a year's free tuition. Wow. And Mary won at the age of 13. (laughs) And she didn't want to go, but her mother said, you will go. She hated it because here Hmm. she is 13 years old with kids that are 18, 19, and 20, she was out of place until she went over for her music lessons in violin at the Peabody um, School of Music. So there's some likeness there with that desire when you were both very young that you had to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you move on with SCAN, I know you're you're moving on to the property, which Mm -hmm. I am so, so happy about. What other plans do you have for the property? So, as you know, but everyone else may not know, uh, SCAN has currently two, two places where we, uh, where we work from. So, uh, Victory Hall, which is on Valley Street, and then the Hardware Street property. It's 13 acres of grassland, a forest, has a pond, it has a creek. Um, it's a really unusual space in that it has very varying topography and as a result has uh, many different ecosystems within just 13 acres. It's a really special place in that way. Uh, it was donated in 2004. 2005 or six. Five or six by Bobby Spencer and the intention, his intention was that it was kept somewhat quote-unquote natural so it still kept the qualities of the landscape that are so special so right now what we're working on is from probably about 2005 to about 2016 there were cattle on the land is that right that's probably even before that you know Bobby had it 
a neighbor's cows on it from probably the, gosh, 90s, the 80s, oh, maybe wow. as far back as, probably I'll say the 80s. Okay. There's always something there. I'm not sure when his father stopped farming there, mm-hmm. but it had laid fallow with the exception of the cows mm-hmm. for many years. Mm-hmm. So... So cattle are great, <laughs> and um, they can be hard on the land if they're not rotated. So it's important that the, the space that they're in has a little bit of a break to regenerate itself. And so we're giving the land that space right now. Um, we're giving it time to regenerate itself. We're not mowing regularly. We bush hog in the spring and the fall. That's to allow the native species, the native wildflowers, grasses, to come back, again, regenerate. We've planted um, over 100 native trees and also planted native species with the help of Nicola McGough of uh, Wild Ginger. And uh, we're maintaining it just enough so that we can access it. We've written several grants in the past few years. One was a Dominion grant that allowed us to to continue this maintenance. Another has been a, a grant from the Prana Fund, which the hope was that we would create a collaboration between the Discovery Schools and SCAN to have students on the site create sculptures to be the first move that we make on the site so that it, it activates the land in a way. Two things happened, COVID, which was uh, part of the reason the Discovery Schools closed, and we weren't able to uh, have any programming in the past uh, year and a half, almost two, year and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. So our programming will start up in this fall, um, and I can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But... The next grant we received um, was a CACF grant, a Charlottesville Area Community Foundation grant in 2020 that allowed us to begin the participatory design process. So designing with the community instead of for the community. That has helped us do a little bit of, well, helped us rebrand so that we could, our face to the community was consistent, helped us communicate with the community through an online survey to hear what our community wanted from the 13 acres. We had over 200 responses to that. Thank you everyone for doing that. And then has allowed our first workshop to happen, which happened about three weeks ago, where we invited community members to come and walk the 13 acres and glean some more information about what the land is like and what they would like to see there. We're currently writing a grant uh, for Virginia Outdoors Funds. It's called a GO grant. We're hoping to get more funding to make the first moves that those community members have suggested. So a large part of this has been how how and why and what makes people feel safe in outdoor spaces and diverse populations what makes diverse populations feel safe and the answer to that was really interesting it was less about say having 
having security guards there, having fences. And it was more about create infrastructure so that more people will come to the site and therefore more people will feel safe because the more people that are there, the more people feel safe. So that means parking, bathrooms, trails, and signage. So when you had it, I think it was July the 22nd, you had the community mm-hmm. event on mm-hmm. the property. And you had some trails mowed. Yes. Are you going to maintain those? That's that's the hope right now, yes. I think I think what we'd like to do until, until there's more on the property, such as proposed apiary, potential sculpture garden, potential amphitheater, which um, the community members have all said they want, I think we'll will just simply mow the grassland, but create paths within the forest that are a lot more accessible and clear. That sounds great. How many trees did you lose during the storm a couple weeks ago? I don't know. I know you lost some along the property line on the, shoot, not the overlook side, (laughs) the other side. I, I don't know my directions and looking at it, I should. I don't know, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I, I was on vacation, Nancy. <laughs> okay, well, I drove by and saw a few trees down. And I, I know that uh, those pine trees um, toward the back of the property, mm-hmm. they're coming, they're always coming down. Yes, yeah. They're, that, that is a, an element to the maintenance that needs to be accomplished is removing a lot of those trees. Trees that are downed that are no longer living are great as nurse logs, so they can also help improve an ecosystem. And a lot of them are are in potential pathways for visitors. So I think it's about curating what gets removed and what stays. Oh, that sounds good. I know. I, I just know there's a lot of trees that come down every time we have a, a major windstorm. Yeah, th- throughout the area, not just on the scan land. So you're also at Victory Hall Theater? Yes. Do you have plans to start up anything there? Any films? Any plays? Any dance classes? Yeah. Drawing? So the past year and a half have been really great in that it's allowed us space to, as I said, rebuild our foundation a little bit. So to look back at our history and assess what has happened and and what we want to keep and what we can leave behind. We have not done any programming, even online, because we felt like adults and children didn't need any more online work to do. I think we all were overwhelmed by um, the amount of screen time that we got. So... We decided to push pause on that and use it as a time to, like I said, write grants and um, build our foundation. What we did during that time was we received a funding from a very generous donor to hire a program director, which is very exciting for SCAN because as the board, we are all volunteer. We do not get paid when we create programming. So that's very challenging for all of us who have full-time jobs, who have kids, who, you know, are living lives in addition to the work we do for SCAN. 
And so it's been great to hire a person who is experienced and who can get compensated for their time to do that work. And I think what it will do is, is raise the caliber of the classes for scan. So our visual arts classes and our performing arts classes, because there's somebody to focus on that work. So we are very excited for that to begin. That planning is happening right now. That's really exciting because that only puts in place the sustainability of the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just that. That's great news. Mm-hmm. So we did. We didn't get around to one very important thing that you didn't discuss in your introduction, <laughs> and that is what brought you to Scottsville. Yeah, that's a very good <laughs> question, Nancy. I like to say. <laughs> Uh, many things, but in truth, it was, I fell in love with someone who lives here. (laughs) I had graduated from graduate school in architecture and landscape architecture, and I was traveling back and forth between um, the States and Africa doing research through a postdoctoral fellowship that was funded by the NIH. And uh, when I was back in the States, um, one of those trips, I met my now husband, and I didn't know it would stick, but it stuck. (laughs) (laughs) And I've ended up in Howardsville, um, which sometimes I think is not unlike rural Africa in, um, in many ways. But that's what brought me to Howardsville. And it's interesting, in the first couple years I was here, I didn't actually get to know Scottsville very well. I didn't, I didn't, first of all, I didn't know it was here. And then once I, you know, went to Baines and saw my old friend Kristen and it allowed me to sort of get integrated with the community. And then I decided to stop teaching at UVA and start my own studio in um, architectural and landscape architectural design. And that's what made me uh, commit to Scottsville. Fortunately, through knowing you and Kristen, I have become very committed to SCAN and the work that we do. So I guess that would that would answer your question. That answers the question. Um, <laughs> I, I'm delighted that you're here and that you are carrying on the the work that Mary started. Thank and, you, Nancy. Um, it's it's a good thing for everyone. So thank you for coming by. Uh, I'll be talking with you later on great and as as scan progresses and as more important things start coming to light in our community wonderful so thank you for coming i know you have a meeting (laughs) well there's one last thing i want to say okay so our pro our new program director is planning like i said planning for this fall and the hope is that uh, we will have many uh, visual arts and performing arts classes and environmental classes and hopefully an integration of the two into classes and programs uh, both on the land and at Victory Hall and potentially my hope is next door to Victory Hall in the old dollar general space. My dream and dare I put it out there into the world. (laughs) Oh why not? (laughs) 
is to um, utilize that space as a visual arts center space because there's so much uh, natural light that Victory Hall doesn't get. The hope is we will we will be begin growing those programs within that space, and we will be still using Victory Hall for our um, our performing arts programs and then creating outdoor programs on the land. Well, I've got to tell you, everything that you have said about melding nature and arts is that that's Mary because she did both. And she it was so important to her to have people or to give people the ability to, from her point of view, music and the arts over being in nature, but she grew up in nature. And mm-hmm. so it's such a great testament to her legacy and that you're carrying that on in your way, which is very good. Thank you. Yeah, I think that I think that a lot of a lot of people from a distance look at our mission and think, why arts and nature? Why they they consider them to be two very disparate elements, whereas I think that uh, we don't realize the possibilities when the two are integrated. And I, I think that my background of the studying the visual arts in an undergraduate degree and then moving on to architecture and then landscape architecture is a perfect example of why the two should be integrated. Because when we build on our lands and um, when we create our landscapes, we need to think artistically and from a design perspective. It's not just about putting a building on dirt. It's much more about topography and water hydrology and the the solar qualities and and the you know the community and and considering all those elements of a landscape when you're when you're designing on it and so i think that's one example there are thousands of more examples how the two can be integrated but my thought was always that we have all of these kind of siloed things that we do in life so you know banking playing violin painting you know, making countertops, um, cooking, cooking, (laughs) building houses. And those are all exciting. But when you, when you intersect two or three is when real invention and excitement happens. And so that's my hope is that people can utilize scan programs so that they can begin to use that as a lens to see the world. Very well said. And again, thank you. This always happens when people come here. We start closing down the podcast, and then we come up with so (laughs) many more things to say. Mm -hmm. But Erin will be back, and um, I know that, again, she has meetings to go to. I don't right now. (laughs) So thank you again. Great. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome.